Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hi there, friends. This is your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron, and you are listening to Playbill Presents the Broadway Cast. The Broadway Cast is a weekly podcast that brings the pages of Playbill to life and delivers it directly to theater fans around the world. Every episode will feature Broadway news and exclusive stories from the most notable Broadway personalities. Additionally, the Broadway cast will give a voice to fans like they've never had before. On today's episode, we feature creatives. We welcome composers and writers of Come From Away, Irene Senkoff and David Hine, Tony-nominated choreographer Dennis Jones, and scenic designer Beowulf Borit. And now, let's turn it over to Ruthie Fearberg and Felicia Fitzpatrick over at Playbill with our weekly Playbill Pulse. Yeah, that's right, Ben. There is so much going on, as always, right, Felicia? Yes, that is right. There is so much going on in Broadway and beyond Broadway with Broadway people. I think that was probably the biggest news of the week is the Emmy nominations came out for the 69th annual ceremony. The stage actors showed up. Not just stage actors, too. Also just Broadway in general because Outstanding Special Class Program, you know, that fun category. Last year's Tony Awards got nominated and also was recognized for writing and Hairspray Live. Yes. Last week run and tell that. Right. Lin-Manuel Miranda Ugh. showing up. Nominated as the guest host of Saturday Night Live, which, you know, when that happened, it was a big coup in general because I felt like that episode of SNL was such a celebration of theater. It really was. And speaking of the screen, we had some big casting news with the Mamma Mia sequel. Mamma Mia. Check you going. Right, Here I, I go I again. I know. Do we have time to sing the whole song? Because Abba, we all could. The time. We could. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, Mamma Mia, the movie is having a movie sequel, reuniting much of the original cast, including Meryl Streep. Now we know that Christine Baranski, who played Tanya, is coming back. Yeah. And this just in, Lily James is going to be younger Donna, aka younger Meryl Streep. Who wouldn't love to be cast as a young Meryl Streep? And then, of course, this also super exciting. PBS This Fall is going to host the live streams Mm -hmm. of She Loves Me, Holiday Inn, 
and present laughter. So we got two musicals and a play. Yes. We were there for the taping of She Loves Me. We were in the audience. So we can live vicariously and remember our live stream days. That was the first one they ever did. It was, yeah. For Broadway HD. Yeah. The energy in that room was thrilling. I was thrilling. just thinking, electric. You know, you've got Gavin Creel and Zach Levi and Laura Benanti and oh, Jane Krakowski. I can't stop smiling. Oh, just gosh. thinking Mark about your it. calendars. October 20th, <laughs> She Loves Me. November 3rd, Present Laughter. And November 24th, of course, near Thanksgiving, you get Holiday in. So that's yeah. really awesome. Those are going to be great ones to watch because there's so much going on that, on those stages. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which you should watch our live stream of the set of Present Laughter before you watch the live stream on PBS of Present Laughter. Some because prep. then you know where all the pockets and hidden things are on Playbill's Facebook page. What else we got going on? Nymph is going on right now, the New York Musical Theater Festival Mm -hmm. through August 6th. Hamlet opened off-Broadway at The Public. And coming in the fall, we have a little-known actor named Uma Thurman coming (laughs) to Broadway in her debut in The Parisian Woman. There's always something to celebrate on Broadway. Yeah. I think that's all we got for you, Ben. For this week, until next time. Thank you very much, ladies. Can't wait to chat with you next week. And now, ladies and gentlemen, unwrap your hard candies, turn off your cell phones, and please refrain from using flash photography. It's time to get on with the show. <laughs> Give my regards to Broadway. A lullaby of Broadway. There's a kid in the middle of nowhere who's sitting there living for Tony performances, singing and flipping along with the Pippins and Wickets and Kinkies, Matildas and Mormonses. So we might reassure that kid and do something to spur that kid. Because I promise you, all of us up here tonight, we were that kid. And now we're back. Welcome uh, to a new episode of the Broadway cast. I'm your Broadway buddy, Ben Cameron. Here today on our creatives episode, we have Irene Sankoff and David Hine, who, of course, are the writers of Come From Away. Welcome to the rack if you come from away. You probably understand about half of what we say. They say no man's an island, but an island makes a man. Especially when one comes from one like Newfoundland. Welcome to the rack. Seated next to Irene and Dave, we have choreographer of Honeymoon in Vegas and most recently Holiday in Tony nominated Dennis Jones. Hey guys. Let's have a honeymoon in Vegas to the city of Pride. We'll have a honeymoon in Vegas, we'll just stay up all night. Have a honeymoon in Vegas and I won't leave your sight. And seated next to Dennis Jones, we are rounding out our creatives. He's the scenic designer of A Bronx Tale, Come From Away, On the Town, Hand to God, Rock of Ages. This is Beowulf Borat! Uh, guys, thanks for being here. We're talking about uh, the creative process today of creating a Broadway musical, which you were all very well versed in. We want to break things up a little bit because we come from different angles of the creative process. We're going to do a little word association game. Are you in? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm yeah. scared. <laughs> yes. Everybody gave me a little bit of we, a... Mm-hmm. I don't think we have a I'm just going to hold up a picture and <laughs> you don't not have say t- anything. Uh-huh. Yeah, all right. Interpretive oh. dance over here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Interpretive dance. All right. So here's how the game is going to be played. It's word association. We're going to play you a clip from an iconic Broadway musical. And then we're going to go through the panel and we're going to ask you to just give us the word that comes to your mind with that clip. Sure, um, sure. Only one word. We can't like... No, you yeah. can expound upon it. Oh, okay. I, I want yeah. you to, frankly. Uh-oh. Okay, <laughs> you guys ready? Reason, 
Irene and Dave, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Uh, penguins. Penguins. That makes very good sense. Yeah. Yeah. Dick Van Dyke. Yeah. Very penguiny. I don't know. I think about my daughter and how we haven't shared that yet. You haven't shared that with Molly yet? I know. No. And we have to because penguins, right? Yeah. Penguins? I don't know. She'll love them, right? I I, I just, that made me feel like a bad parent that I haven't shared it yet. Dennis, what do you think? Well, it's unfair because I actually just opened a production of Mary Poppins at Paper Mill Playhouse. That's right. You Uh, did. And Step in Time is a, you know, big, huge number in the second act. So Mm -hmm. I immediately kind of go to, you know, I put my choreographer hat on and I think about some steps that I created for that. And what, and, uh, what three know. steps are paramount? Well, in the oh, step well, there's time, a great little there's a great little sequence at the very end. I mean, there are a number of sweeps that are on stage. It's a it's a very large ensemble, and they do these hop turns together. Um, which I, I, I'm sure there's a balladic term for that. I, I'm a little more from the, the tap and jazz world. Some mm. ballet background, but not extensive, such that I often describe choreography in a sort of a layman fashion without mm-hmm. uh, all of the, the ballet terminology. But these these hop turns that they all do, and they have their, their brushes, and it's a, it's a sequence that goes on for a number of eights. And there is something just about a group doing the exact same thing together at the exact same time in an impressive step, uh, that just I think it makes the audience go crazy. Now I'm not saying I'm not like patting myself on the back here. I didn't create the you are free to pat yourself on the but, back here at the Broadway cast. But the audience does jokes. love it, and that is because also the the company is like spectacular. But that's the first thing I thought of was hop turns. But well, yeah. what came to your mind? You know, I it, I remember seeing the movie when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and it probably wasn't the first movie musical I saw, but it was early on, and it always amazes me how well that movie, but others like it have held up. It, you know, I mean, The Wizard of Oz sort of is the classic like that. The, the yeah. thing was made in 1939, and it's still a good movie, and that's kind of shocking to me. What is it that makes something timeless that way and other yeah. things not, mm-hmm. <laughs> frankly? Mm-hmm. Um, but Mary Poppins is one that seems to hold up. I haven't seen it in a few years, but I, I've certainly seen it many times, and there is something to the storytelling and the it, the I don't know, the abstraction of it, maybe, that yeah. that makes it hold up really well. Next one. Well, there you go. That was bound to happen, my friends. That's the first that's the first show I ever saw. It was? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. My first, yeah. If my... you're just now joining us, that's Phantom of the Opera, first of all. <laughs> is it? It is. I, so the first musical I listened to was chess uh, because my dad was into chess and I bought the black and white like album for him because I thought he would like it. The and British we, recording. We wore it out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I just met the Tim Rice page. the other day and got to I saw that. Him. I saw that on the social media. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, but Phantom was the first show that I saw live and loved it like crazy. And my mom eventually had to stop me from playing the cassettes because uh, oh, really? it was driving everyone crazy. And I hope that the Broadway cast listeners agree to this, but chess is spectacular. Yeah. I mean, oh, the, yes. the score is, is, ma- is magical. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. Irene? It made me think of Toronto in the 80s. Oh, when please <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> uh, I love Toronto in the 80s. Well, it was such a booming theater town. We had our own little version of TKTS in in our version of Times Square, which is Dundas Square, and you would go and you would try to get tickets for Phantom or for Les Mis or for Cats or whatever was playing because there was always more than one musical playing. And then if those were sold out, you would go to one of the smaller theaters and, you know, go and see The Mousetrap for the 77th time. Or, you know, you'd go up to Tarragon and see a were new musical. Were you in The Mousetrap, Irene? I, yes, I was. I think you were. <laughs> I was. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yep. Yeah, I mm-hmm. shut that thing down. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yes. Her first her first uh, night was uh, was on New Year's 
Eve. I remember watching it, and you were yeah. on like pain medication. I was out what? of your mind, I and was. I was drunk out of my mind. And yeah, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> pain medication and drunk out of your mind—that's Broadway, my friends. <laughs> Even in Toronto, Dennis yeah. Jones, fan of the opera. What did that make you think of? Well, I mean, I immediately thought of the cassette tapes that I had of it that right? I played on my Walkman, which you know I the cassette very, was tapes. Like, they do exist. Is it a double? It was cassette? a double. Yes, oh, it was you a double cassette. Like, yes, uh huh. But you know, I was also thinking about chess because um, I mean, this is super theater nerdy. Uh, my friend, this was in high school. I was so into chess. I thought it was like just the most amazing score. And my very good friend Lisa, who was also a, an actor and theater enthusiast, we threw a chess themed party, um, <laughs> which consisted of uh, they, we made a cake with like there was a chess board, and then we both dressed up in black and white. But it was literally just the two of us at this chess party. That's the best Which party. consisted. <laughs> I would threw a party. I was having a cake you know and listening to the album. Like, Raise that's your hand what the if you would have gone was. to Dennis's chess. Please. I want to go to. I want you to know the Broadway cast that this is everyone raised their hands. It will be slightly more fun um, (laughs) than that, but we will definitely listen to the album. Beowulf, what did that make you think of? Lots. Um, Lots. Also had the two cassette uh, version of it, um, except it was dubbed off of somebody's original, I'm sure, and I oh. hand painted the little covers myself oh. from my cassettes because oh, that's what did. I did in the 80s. Um, but it also was my first Broadway show. That I, it, Either that or Into the Woods. We came to New York with my parents. I saw both shows in one weekend. I don't know which one I actually saw first, but it was bizarre to me years later when suddenly I'm working with Lapine, Sondheim, and Hal Prince kind of all in conjunction. Oh my goodness, um, yeah. Those have been my sort of introduction to Broadway theater and, and my first Broadway shows. And Hal has been, honest to God, a sort of mentor, father figure to me my whole career. I had the good luck to meet him right out of graduate school. Um, and uh, we've been wrestling with Phantom of the Opera, which is part of Prince of Broadway, which opens yes. in about a month. So uh, that's right. Working on it for five years, and I have redesigned the Phantom sequence about 25 times <sighs> wow. in that time because it's tricky. Um, how do you, you know, the show is still running. The yeah. original design And so is, iconic, the idea so the I, yeah, behind it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's one of the few shows that we're actually trying. Sometimes we just copy the original design, but for Phantom, for a number of reasons, we're not. So it's how do you crack Phantom of the Opera with something that invokes it evokes it without copying it. And, so cool. Uh, it's, so I'm, I'm pretty steeped in my phantom these days. <laughs> That's so fun. That's so fun. All right. We'll, we'll do one more yeah, panel. Yeah, All right. Here we go. Yeah. On five, six, seven, eight. I want you to know that all of us here on the panel have just started doing the choreography. How do you not? God, I hope I get it. Irene, (laughs) what comes to mind? Oh, my gosh. Sitting in my basement and watching, I'm sorry, watching the movie over and over again and learning the choreography and just... And then, you know, eventually having, um, well, I had an, a downstairs version of the cassette tape and an upstairs version, so I could have one for each cassette player. And, and I both out. Yeah. All of our jaws just dropped in the most glorious way just now. The upstairs and downstairs cassette tapes? Yeah. That yeah. makes me very happy inside my heart. So I'm going to go on the opposite end of the spectrum yeah. because uh, because we just saw it in Stratford and I had never seen it before. I had never oh. listened to the album before and I was sitting what? next to... I know. Irene's <laughs> processing no, no. it right now. She's like, okay, I have to deal with this. No, but this I was I was guy. sitting next to Irene and I was I was like, yeah. why, is she, why is she mouthing every single word? of Like she knows all of it and she's doing the choreo and it's like it was very... I was, I was like clearly like shamed. Um, yes. But I mean, 
mean, what's amazing about the show was how much I recognized our show in it, in the yeah. uh, you know direct address and true stories based on interviews. And clearly, you know, we had been standing on the shoulders of giants that I had never even seen, but clearly it influenced it Irene like crazy. In my head. And, uh, yeah. So it was it was a really amazing experience. That's a really wonderful parallel because that's exactly yeah. kind of what what happens in Come From Away, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and we saw it with a bunch of the students who we had originally workshopped Come From Away in. So we were all. We I was were, weeping. We were, we were I was messes. a mess. I was a hot mess. Like a, like a not uh, a able weepy. to go in the lobby mess. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Dennis, what does that make you think of? Well, it makes me think of pre-production about two hours ago because I... Oh! I'm, yeah, I know, right? Uh, I am directing and choreographing a brand new production of Chorus Line this summer at the Muni in St. Louis. Uh, you know the Muni. Uh, and, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but so many things come to mind when I hear that. I had the album as a kid. I saw the national tour in San Francisco and I thought it was amazing. You know, my parents got me the album and I remember we had to have a discussion before I could listen to it because of some of the content. But then also, like, I got my equity card doing the tour of it. And um, I, yeah, I've, I have such incredible affection for that show and really, you know, like, for the great work of Michael Bennett. I, it's, uh, there's so much as a choreographer or director to learn from that staging. And, and uh, I, I'm, I'm such an enormous fan of it. So what's tricky right now is to create a new production of it with all new choreography and new staging and a lot of new sort of scenic ideas and uh it's a exciting challenge uh i'm really into it but it is it is not it's not an easy one are you yeah, doing it because there was a whole thing up in stratford uh with the line and how because they had it on a thrust stage uh there oh. and so they got permission to break off the line but 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 literally it's been licensed like you have to use the line and this was the first time break that they off actually, the line. that they, they could do it in a different format in some way oh that's interesting yeah. actually you know i there's <laughs> the tour this is this is this is basically my career it says so much the actually the tour that i got my equity card doing was a tour of theaters in the round Chorus Circle. Um, I love that. Yeah. Chorus Circle. It was the Chorus Circle. And uh, it was the official Michael Bennett staging of the show for Theaters in the Round. But it meant that we would occasionally stand in the line. But for most of the evening when people were telling their stories, we would sit in a circle as people got up and, you know, talked about their childhoods and whatever. And, And I did kind of feel a little bit like took a fair amount of the tension out of it. I think what is so brilliant about it is like just having those people standing on that line facing front and just really exposing themselves in Mm -hmm. in that way, you know, both sort of emotionally and physically. Uh, Once you have them sitting around in a circle, it feels a little bit, a little more casual, a little kind of like group therapy. Um, Sherapy, as we like to call it here. Yeah, (laughs) It's a little Sherapy-ish. AA meeting. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Beowulf? Your thoughts? The cover art in that one was hard to draw, but I, I remember doing it. <laughs> I don't think I did it very well, though. Uh, I don't um, believe that for a yeah. second. I, I, I honestly, well. I will say, I have never seen Chorus Line Live, which I'm ashamed to. I've seen the movie, of course, um, uh-huh. and love the show. But I, I, it's one of the things I kick myself about because it was still playing on Broadway when I was in college. And it was right at the very tail end of the run. And I remember it being on the TKTS board yeah. and thinking, oh, that show's been running for 15 years. I probably don't want to go see it. And I wish I had. Whether I, well, I don't know what shape it was in towards the end, but I wish I'd mm-hmm. seen it because it, it's one of those kind of iconic shows that if you could see it, even just for documentary reasons, seems yeah. like I should have done it. I think at the end, probably the shape was ouch. Some shows hold up great and some yeah. don't. It's weird. I, you know, Speaking of Phantom, it, it's yeah. held up really well. And I know Hal and his people are in there a lot tinkering yeah. with it. And 
I feel like I saw Lion King 10, 12 years into the run, and it was in great shape. Yeah. And then other shows, a year or two in, it's just, wow. It's oh. just, you know, it's, it, it's, I don't know what the alchemy is that makes them able to last or I, not. I went to see Chicago the other night, which uh-huh. uh, I was in, it's, it's like 21 years or something. Yeah. Uh, and I was, I was in the show, and I hadn't seen it, uh, like the last time that I performed in the show was around the 10-year anniversary, and I, I haven't been back to the theater to see the show since then. Uh, and I went to see it the other night because there's an actor that I'm going to be who's in it right now who I'm doing another project with. And I just wanted to kind of, you know, to, to see her work again. And uh, it's in surprisingly good shape. I yeah. mean, I think it, it speaks to the strength of the material, but also to the, you know, sort of the brilliance of the staging. But it seemed like it's, it's as good as new. Yeah, so you know. I think I think great material uh, brings cast together, no matter how much time, and inspires them to keep the the level so high. All right, let's go into a little playbill world here. I want to talk to you guys about the first time you guys saw your names in a playbill, um, and what was that experience? Opening up a playbill, seeing your name, your credits in there. What was that moment like, Beowulf? We're going to start with you. It was incredibly cool. It was a play yeah. called In Betweens by Brian Galyaboff at the Cherry Lane Theater. And I was less than a year out of graduate school, um, and it was my first commercial New York production. We'd done it the original. Originally, we'd done this play in the South Bronx in a seventy-seven seat theater over a grocery store, and it got picked up by a commercial producer, and they oh. did a commercial run of it. And the Times panned it, and it closed two weeks <laughs> later. But um, oh, showbiz! But you know, it was, and it, we were so convinced the show was great, and, lo- and it was. I mean, I loved it. I still look back on it fondly. And I was. I, I remember reading the review, and I couldn't believe that somebody didn't love this play as much as I did. Oh. But I had all through college, I'd come to New York to see shows. And I taped all the playbills up in my dorm room. And so seeing my name in a playbill was fairly incredible. And I'm still excited. You know, when the playbills show up at the theater, the, usually the day of the first preview, when they're all bundled up with string oh, around and you got to yeah. fight to get them it's out. so good. Yeah. It's great. It's yeah. really cool. Do you guys do that? I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge theater nerd, and I'm not going to lie to you. I have a, a box of playbills under my bed. Do you guys keep the... We have a stack of playbills behind our bed, like literally behind our bed. Behind beds. your bed? Yeah. Well, behind like the, right like, under like, your pillow. Like, <laughs> right under, yeah. And we also, uh, we uh, there, there was a time when we came back from New York and we placked them all. So we had like, yeah. and we had like holes for each one of them. And yeah. Dennis? Well, my first playbill story has to do with um, my first, like I'm going to tell you 50 stories about playbill. <laughs> um, no, I only have two. Um, uh, when I, uh, the first Broadway show that I saw was on the 20th century. Uh, we, oh. I took a trip back east. I grew up in San Francisco and, and my, my family, we, took this trip back east um, uh, to New York when I was in fifth grade and I saw on the 20th century which was amazing uh, the first Broadway show I saw and when we were leaving the theater of course I had my playbill but then a lot of audience members leave their playbills behind leave them on the you know on the floor or on the, the wrong chairs or whatever and I could not understand that I could not wrap my head around how anybody could do that so I, I just that started <laughs> collecting that them I know yeah, it's like you take your program playbill. yeah and so <laughs> I started collecting them on the way out of the theater so I must have left the theater with like 25 playbills <laughs> from on the 20th century which I was very excited to take back with me to San Francisco but the first time I saw my name in it was uh, the Broadway revival of Greece two revivals ago it was mm-hmm. 94 the um, Tommy Toon production that Rosie O'Donnell was in that was my yeah. first Broadway show so yeah you open the playbill and you see your name I mean, did you take a on. picture it's, you kept it it's, the yeah. whole, and I also I'm, I'm sure that I have more than a few of that edition of playbill yeah. somewhere right behind your bed mm-hmm. yeah. 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 yeah are you in a show I know you are Do you want to add some Broadway flair to your school or community theater production? Well, Playbuilder lets you build your very own Broadway quality Playbill program. 
Each playbill is fully customizable for your production. Dates, song title, cast names, production credits, artwork, and even advertising. It's a great way to promote your show, raise money for your organization, and create a professional, printable program. Save valuable time with Playbuilder Express. Select from thousands of pre-populated programs in our database and simply begin to customize your production's playbill. Visit playbuilder.com to learn how you can create your own playbill today. Um, going back, I want to talk to you guys about what was the first Broadway moment that you had that inspired you to be part of this this community? What was the first show or experience that you saw that you went, you know what? This is my life. I saw a review, uh, uh, something called The Best of Broadway at Canada's uh-huh. Wonderland. And it had Sergio Trujillo in it. Oh. And I recently just met him again. I said, I saw you, you in that show. He and was in it? He was in it. I mean, and it was, it was back in I the 1900s. And then I started doing the choreography from it. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Would you please do the choreography right now? I'm just a couple steps. Just a couple. I can't. Well, oh, my God. The camera's I know. No one can it. see you, but that's the wonderful part of it. That's so wonderful. Okay. So here we go. We got to like. Well, she, her arms are up. Uh, uh-huh. The turn and Richie Ray. In Retire. I'm going to applaud for that. Retire. Can we just stop for a second and say what we have in common? Because Irene's Irene's a dancer. She studied dance. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so there's a combination here. And then I have a degree in set and lighting design. So Beowulf and I can be friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, that's so, what we're all here for, to be friends, yeah. for gosh sakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, not know, that we're not friends. We'll do a dance. I, well, that, I love yeah, that. Yeah. That, yeah well, so that, that was my first experience. And I told Sergio that when... When did I meet him? Oh, I must have met at some party because Kelly's Kelly Devine, our choreographer, is good friend with him. And I yes. said, "You? Oh no, it was at the Ford's Theater when he came to see our show at the Ford's Theater in DC." And I said, "I have to tell you this. Uh, I remember you from back in the day because I obsessively followed the career of all the dancers in Toronto. I was so popular when I was young. Let me yeah. tell you. Oh, listen. Um, <laughs> Who are you talking to? I wore a Phantom of the Opera T-shirt to get my eighth grade uh, yearbook picture taken. That's I thought that was the coolest we article of friends. clothing that I had." <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. Dennis? Well, you know, I grew up in San Francisco and we, uh, you know, all the tours came through and my parents were theater enthusiasts. So we went to we went to see all of these these like first national tours of, of Broadway musicals. And I'm trying to remember what the first one that I saw was. But that was kind of my first access to what those those big musicals like experiencing those big musicals, what that was like. But, you know, and this will make me seem super old, but um those I Love New York commercials that they started with, that was like in the 70s, they started that campaign because the city was in such terrible shape. Oh my God, I loved those commercials with like Lena Horne and them, Frank Langella as Dracula and, <laughs> you know, the cats and like all of those, all of those Broadway stars that appeared, you know, in this sort of rapid fire clips of Broadway shows. I just, I couldn't even, I just like, I couldn't get to New York fast enough or to yeah. be a part of whatever that thing was. I just loved those. Commercials. I like the Frank Langella, he was, Dracula. He was one, right? That was one that was in there. Yeah, and then yeah. and then Cats. Beowulf, what got you? You know, it's. I'm trying to think. It's. I have. It's like a two part answer. I the first yeah. Broadway show I saw, I, the Phantom and Into the Woods, I saw when I was a little older. I saw Forty Second Street in on the West End when I was God, maybe twelve or thirteen. Um, and I do remember that really vividly. I think it was the first time I actually saw it, like a big musical done properly mm-hmm. um, and remember it very vividly. But I bizarrely, I didn't think I was going to do this. I, no? I really genu- I mean, I thought I was going to be a designer, but I thought I was going to go be a college professor. Um, really? And uh, my father was a college professor. And I honestly, I think I just wasn't imaginative enough to believe that you could actually make a career doing this. And luckily, uh, my college set design teacher at Vassar when I was 
thinking about, you know, I thought, oh, I want to be a teacher. I have to go get an MFA. And he said, you need to go to NYU and you need to study with John Conklin. And I thought, okay. And I ended up actually turning down like some good scholarships at other schools to come to NYU instead. And that got me into New York. And I then, and I would, had been seeing shows, but being in New York and having teachers who did make a career doing it and then starting to work around the city myself, I suddenly kind of clicked that, wait a minute, you know, people actually do this. They're, they're not some kind of imaginary cartoon cutout or it's whatever. It's real. It is, you know, and yeah. that, that, so it was late for me, I guess, that the, the realization that you actually could do it happened. Um, and even coming out of graduate school, I wasn't convinced I was going to stick around and do this, but I was ambitious enough that once I saw that it was possible, I started trying to do it. And, you know, thank God got lucky. I think it's worked out pretty well, Baywall. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's, the imagination thing is not a problem. Yeah. I was going to say that. that was my mind. Like, I believe you're probably one of the most imaginative people out there. Uh, so let's talk about, we have a unique opportunity today to talk about the creative process from so many different angles. Um, where does it start from writers and composers and choreographers and set designers? What, where does it begin for you? Um, let's start with Dennis. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of case by case, depending on whether I'm working on a, a new production of a, of a musical that's already, you know, has had a life and, and uh, you know, or if it's a if it's a brand new musical, uh, certainly with with a brand new musical, you know, the work that I do hopefully always is in service of telling the story, telling sure. the story and kind of enhancing the experience of the audience. Um, so you know, the new projects that I have going on now that are at certain levels of development and the, the new musicals that I've worked on, certainly, you know, the first step is to read the script and understand it as a play, not even just as a musical, mm. just really sort of understand the story before I start to think about how dance can help to you know tell this tell this tell the story better i mean you can you can say a lot with with movement but i yeah. try not to impose movement upon something just to just know, to just yeah. to just to you know be entertaining or something I, I hope that it is always there to just kind of make the story a little clearer and i do like the within this i mean i'm looking at uh four people who are all at the end of the day storytellers we're, we're storytellers uh in any facet that we approach this where do you guys start your process i read and dave Walking and talking, you know. Walking and talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, we uh, when we start, it's probably about like eighty percent talking and twenty percent actually putting something on the page. Yeah, like and, we, be, and yeah. before that, even uh, you know, a ton of research and yeah. diving yeah. in. I mean, we, we've we've done two shows and they've both been about uh, true stories. So there's been right. a lot of interviews. Which we, we do need to talk about uh, the first show that we're we're referencing here. Our first musical <laughs> is my mother's lesbian Jewish Wiccan wedding, which yeah. is a true story about my mom. So we interviewed my mom, and uh-huh. uh, and then we started walking and talking and tried to find our way into it and figure out what we were doing before a single word gets down on the page. It takes a long, a long sure. time. Yeah. And with Come From Away, we you know obviously we went out to Newfoundland and interviewed a million people and came back with hundreds of stories and then also collected every letter that had been sent back to Newfoundland, every documentary, every book, every every piece of paper that we could possibly find. And we just spread them all out and tried to find what the story is. It's the same, you know, it's a storytelling. Yeah. We tried to find, you know, whose story we're telling, uh, you know, and how does it change from the beginning to the end and then what other stories we can combine along the way. Yeah, and stay out of the story's way. Like, try to not oh. put our own agenda into it or, or any type of messages. Like, we try to, as much Let's as possible, be, this reflect is what, it what is. happens. Yeah. yeah. 
Paywolf, where do you start? The same thing. It's the story. I mean, for all of us, it is. It, mm-hmm. it, for how I tackle it visually, it, a lot of it is figuring out, like, how little can I do to make it mean something? I think some of that comes from starting out doing a lot of poor theater where there just was no money, so you had enough money to do one thing, <laughs> and you got to have to make that one choice really good and really meaningful. Three chairs. It kind yeah. of, but it, yeah. what, what, what it does, and this I really do feel strongly about, because even in, like, you know, Act One is physically the biggest set I did. It was a 60-foot diameter turntable, and it was three stories tall, but each of the locations within it were, in fact, kind of as simple as I could make them. It was, you know, what do I need to be a kitchen in a tenement? What do I need to be a producer's office? And the truth of it is, and this is what the magic of theater is, I think, and the power of it is, if I can put just enough on stage to trigger the audience to imagine the rest of it, then it's Mm. going to be so much better than anything I can put on stage. If I'm trying to do Daddy Warbucks Mansion, and I can put two things there that imply this incredible mansion and let you imagine the rest of it, then you're going to imagine a better mansion than I can do. And it's, yeah. you know, there, there's a danger of doing too little and it feeling cheap or sparse or, or uninviting or whatever. So there's, there's a balance there. And those things have got to be sort of potent storytelling objects and they've got to have some drama and some flair and some boldness to them. But if I can do that, then I really think I've done my job well. And I come back a lot to Sondheim has a quote somewhere where he said lyrics have to be sparse because there's a lot going on in any one moment. There's choreography, there's design, there's direction, there's all these things happening. And if you make any one piece of it too dense, it's hard to track the story. It's so collaborative, obviously, right? So let's talk about dreams. What if you could design any show? What Beowulf? What uh, West Side Story and Guys and Dolls? Um, You know, it's... There's a million shows I'd love to do, yeah. but those two I feel like I'd do well if I could do a big production. I've done, I've done. What would you I, do with them? I don't even know, honestly. I yeah. really don't. I, I just know I love both shows. I think they're both kind of the epitome of what they are and kind of the perfect example of what they are. And, um, and they've been done really well, but not in a way where I feel like, oh, I can't touch that. Why, why bother trying? Mm. Um, I've done Guys and Dolls out, you know, in little productions and enjoyed it. I've never done West Side, although there's a little piece of it in Prince of Broadway. So bizarrely, I got to design West Side Story for Hal Prince, which was cool. Um, and yep. Yep. Uh, me too. I when when I realized I was doing it. Um, so I don't. I I truly don't know how I would do either of them. Um, but I I. I want to someday. I, yeah. I tried to, to get onto the last West Side Story revival and got a very nice note from Arthur Lawrence, but it was too late. I, I was just barely a, a presence on Broadway in those days, so I didn't have much hope that it was going to pan out, but I wanted it to, so I, I went after him. Dennis, what's yours? If you could make anything dance. Oh, you know the one that's under my skin a little bit is 42nd Street, which, oh. uh, again, it was uh, something I did, the, I did I like the tour that. of it, and I, you know, as a, as a dancer, I... I just loved, you know, the work of Gower Champion, and uh, it was just such a pleasure to be a part of it. And I, I did a new production of it last summer back at the, the Muni again, where I, where I've been working for the last few summers doing, you know, new productions of, of musicals. Uh, and I, it was really such a pleasure to take a take a crack at it. And I feel like I'm not done with it. It's just, mm. I, I, I mean, I, 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 I'd like to take another. I'd like to take another shot at it. It was. A, really important experience as a dancer for me and it was a very important experience for me as a director and choreographer and I just hope that at some point in my career I'll get to get to do it again I just love that show I just like that idea of I'm just not done with no, it no I just yet. don't feel There's done with more it more to do yeah 
Heard in Dave. What? Uh, I, w- I would like to do the set design for Pierre Gint. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I would like to have written Hamilton. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think we're supposed to look forward. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, what's great as what's great as writers is, uh, you, you know, we have all these projects in our heads that we're excited about going forward with, and we're and we're writing them right now. There's there's one that like nags in the very back of my head that I don't I don't think we'll ever do, but I I like uh, real real stories and. I like Canadian stories, obviously, and there's this weird little yeah. story about Al Capone hiding across the Canadian border in this tiny little town out on the prairies uh, for a little while. And uh, so it's this little town called Moose Jaw, and they have this fascinating tunnel system. Did you say Moose Jaw? Moose Jaw. Mm-hmm. So Scarface in Moose Jaw, which I think would be hilarious. Very cool. Untouchables the music. That's, right? the, that's <laughs> the name of my autobiography, Scarface and Moose Jaw. Irene. Irene. Yes. I would like to get together with a bunch of the uh, women that I know that are improvisers back in Toronto and write something at some point because they are the funniest, uh, ballsiest women. Can you say that about women? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and uh, do something there. I know there's a lot of TV opportunities coming up for a lot of them, and, and, uh, and they are just so funny and so awesome. So I'd like to do that at some point. All right, friends, I know you love Broadway, and I can only imagine that if you're anything like me, you love a good vacation. So why not combine the two and take a Broadway-themed vacation with Playbill? Playbill Travel has been hosting the biggest fans of Broadway all over the world on incredible week-long cruises that get you up close and personal with the biggest stars of Broadway. I'm not joking. One night you can hear an amazing and intimate performance by, I don't know, let's say Tony Award winner and gorgeous human being Christine Ebersole. And the next morning you'll be going on an incredible excursion through Iceland with her. If you don't believe me, check out PlaybillTravel.com to take a look at Playbill's latest cruise up the Rhone River in France, where guests and Broadway stars had the time of their lives. Playbill Travel has three amazing cruises lined up between now and July of next year, so head to PlaybillTravel.com to book your soon-to-be most favorite vacation ever. One of the things I love so much about the uh, the Broadway cast is that we get the opportunity to talk to theater fans and, and people who are making theater happen all over the country, nay, all over the world, frankly, and we get to talk to them. So we have a young lady here who is doing a production, if I understand it correctly, of Annie. Very Yay. exciting. I know. It is exciting because, let's be honest, we all have an Annie story. So let's get her on the line. Is Danielle, are you there? Hi, Ben. How are you? You're here on the Broadway cast with Beowulf, Dennis, and Irene and Dave. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so talk to us about what what, what are you up to? So we are doing Annie at Spring Lake Theater Company in Uh Spring Lake, New Jersey. Um, It's actually a wonderful production. We're lucky enough this is the fifth time we're doing Annie. Um, The fifth time? The last time we did it was in... 2010, in the inception of this theater company in Spring Lake, which was back in 1978. So it's something that the fans love. So it's really wonderful. We've had, we had 99 kids come out for the audition. 99 <laughs> um, kids? Which, That's a lot of kids. Yeah. How many kids are in the show? Uh, There's 16 orphans, not including Annie. Not including wow. any. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a lot, lot of orphans. orphans. That's yeah. a lot of orphans, yeah. yeah. It sure is. What's your role with the show, Danielle? I'm choreographing Annie. Fantastic. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Choreographer is very important. It is important. very, very important. <laughs> um, this is true. Danielle, who's your favorite Annie? I mean, I guess I would have to say Sarah Jessica Parker, especially because I don't think as a young kid I even realized who that was later, later on. She's just such a 
sweet soul. I just loved, I just loved her. All right. Thank you so much, Danielle. Best of luck with your production. Have a ball. We love you. Much. I feel like Annie is one of those shows that we've all kind of touched on at some point in our lives. Is that is that fair to say? Yes. Everybody yeah. on the panel is nodding. They're yeah. giving the nods. Beowulf, what's your Annie story? Um, I, mean, I saw the movie when I was a little kid, when it first came oh, out. Totally. Can we talk about it. Anne ranking in the Annie movie and that yellow oh, dress? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a little bit gay, but I'm not sure that I knew that when I watched Anne ranking in the <laughs> Annie movie. I'm not sure. I might have been gay watching Annie. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I did, I'd never it seen a leg like gay. that. Yeah. There was a yeah. slit up the side of the dress. <laughs> Keep going. Sorry. Um, and uh, and then my other Annie story is that the, the current uh, Annie tour that's out is mine that I did designed, with Martin Sharnan yeah. um, and Doing Annie oh. with Martin is quite an experience and and, and a, a great one. I mean, he he knows that show inside and out. Yeah, and and it was interesting that you know there were things he was like, this is the way we need to do it, and other things that the set I proposed to him was a little different from what he'd done before. And he was like, oh well, we can do this, this, and this instead. And you know, we had Bill Berloni involved, and like, oh, Sandy has to run from here, oh, to yeah. here instead of there to there. So it's it was very cool to be you know a, a little part of the the Annie uh, the Annie world, and it people love the show. It's this tour's people been out for three years now. Yeah. Dennis, do you have a, an, what's your Annie story? Well, I mean, I did see, I don't know if it was the first national tour, but I saw some major national tour of it when I was a kid in San Francisco, and I just loved it. And then I remember the movie came out, and I had a, a sort of an awareness that uh, the critical response to that film was not positive. And I couldn't understand that because I loved it so much. I thought it was amazing. And I was like, the critics are wrong. Can we all just yeah. say that critics are generally wrong? Can we all just agree? I mean, obviously you guys are clearly acclaimed, but Irene and Dave. What? We saw Annie We saw Annie on Broadway. I uh, saw Annie when I was I, I know, I know. But, okay, but my first experience, I mean, I saw the movie, obviously, and, and uh, was like terrified of the heights when they, they're climbing up. Oh, my gosh. Right. job is climbing yeah. all the way up. Yeah. So, uh, and we saw it on Broadway. And Joel Hatch, who's in our show right now, was yeah. in that production, which is amazing which we geeked out all over but we just showed Annie we just tried to show Annie the movie to our daughter uh-huh. and we got up to Annie and Sandy coming into the mansion and they're running all over and it's really exciting and Sandy gets into the bubble bath and stuff like that and and our daughter was like we have to stop it we have to stop it and we were like what's she's what, like what I'm scared don't no, I'm scared I'm like what yeah she was what? terrified like agoraphobic is a big house she, she like, said she's gonna get in trouble and they're gonna take it all away from her Oh, oh. <laughs> well, she's very astute, though. I absolutely love Annie. I've seen so many community theater productions of it. I had the Broadway cast album. I also had the movie soundtrack. And I just would sit in my backyard and sing The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow till I think my neighbors probably. <laughs> I wonder if we could just have a moment. Can we all just sing a little bit of The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow together? The Sun Will Come Out. That's just what me. Key is this? Talking about collaboration. What is your favorite part of the collaborative process Beowulf oh man it's that's tough I I think in some <laughs> ways the the blank white page or canvas moment right when you're starting when you after anything you, is possible yeah but after you've had the idea there's like there's like a, a split second in the process for me at least but I think for everyone where you you've had the idea you sort of see what it's going to be and you haven't done it yet so it's all just mm. this this ephemeral brilliant idea None of the constraints of reality have have hemmed it in yet. And for, you know, a few seconds or a few hours, it exists that way. And that it, that's like the drug. That is, yeah, that that's is, the dragon we keep chasing. And there's a million other great parts of it. But that that kind of anything is possible moment um, yeah. is, is pretty incredible. 
Yeah, Dennis, what do you think? Yeah, no, it's the, it's the same answer. I mean, it's the, sort of the dance version of it. Uh, I, I I love doing pre production with dancers. Uh, I like going into the the studio and and starting and being at that point in the process where there's no right, there's no wrong. We can sort of explore ideas and you know toss them out at the end of the day or have an idea become a springboard to a better idea to possibly become a portal to an even better one or you know just say this all sucks and I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's just no there's no pressure on it. It's it's just it's just about, about just creating the, the, creating world. together. So I, I love that and I and usually and this will make me sound like a crazy person, but I, I usually start by just walking in a circle. Like I just like to walk in a in a walking you know, and talking. Clock, I, as we talked about earlier. Always yeah. clockwise for reasons I cannot explain. Wow. Uh, oh. Maybe below the equator would That's be the, the other sexiest way. That's the sexiest OCD <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm insane. Um, but yeah, no, something about walking in a circle just starts to kind of get me in the in the zone a little bit. There's something about walking, I think. I honestly, I've had some of the best ideas I've ever had are walking from my apartment in the East 50s into Times Square. That 20-minute walk mm-hmm. where I'm just looking around New York and not thinking of anything. I've designed so many sets in that, that just zone. just come in that moment? Yeah. Are there other places where the, the inspiration strikes? Is the shower or? Yeah. 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 Yeah, mm-hmm. I like shower. I like getting a well, I like getting a massage. Talk to or, us, right? um, I like getting a massage or getting <laughs> acupuncture, and my mind just starts to reassociate, and I start yeah. to think about things, you know. Or I feel like I really do my best editing when I have my feet in a tub and I'm getting a pedicure or a manicure, getting my hair done. And so I, I always take I always take <laughs> wow. like editing with it. What? No, no, go. Yeah, who's anyway. doing the pedicure, Dave? <laughs> yeah, I read the writer. I, I'm the. <laughs> Foot expert. <laughs> yeah, I Hashtag really, foot expert. Sounds really high maintenance, and maybe I am, but that's how I like to work. Uh huh. Anyway, yeah. We also do walking. We do walk. We <laughs> do walk. Yeah. On, on the pedicured feet. Yeah, I, I, I think. I, but but even more than like the white canvas, because the white canvas is actually literally sitting in front of us, and we have to start uh, typing, and that's fun, but it's also a little daunting. But before that, you know, where you're just dreaming it up. That's what's amazing. I also like when when you hit a problem and you're working it out with our your entire team like we have, we have these fond memories of uh, uh like chris and kelly divine our choreographer ian eisendrath and us all in like for some reason we're in hotels we're always we're, 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 there's always like a king this is gonna sound so there's always again. a king size <laughs> bed oh. is that what you're about to say there irene there is. is there always a king size bed <laughs> but we're like all lying there always should be we're lying on our tummies on it and ian's playing piano and we're all like on a rented uh, like rent. thing or whatever what are those called keyboards yeah, right keyboards like yeah. kicking it around and we're not and it's not option a and it's not option b and there and you're figuring out the problem all together and it might be something that can be fixed with dance and it might be something that be can fixed with the set and it might be something that can be fixed with words or with music and you're all throwing it in there and and you eventually come up with you know plan z at the very end or yeah. plan z you know for canadian right um uh but z. but you come up with something that you could not have created without all of you like everybody on yeah. king size bed in a hotel room <laughs> i'm usually asking I'm, for chocolate i'm, no, I'm, I'm going to go get a king size bed and put my tummy on it <laughs> um i want to thank you all so much for being here on the broadway cast this has been a downright joy, frankly, if I can be honest. Vable, uh, just give us a, a send-off to help people where they can find you and what's coming next. Um, next is Prince of Broadway at the Friedman Theater, and then I'm doing a Young Frankenstein reboot in London with Stroh <gasps> and Mel Brooks. What? Wow. And uh, those are the next two things. 
Dennis Jones. Uh, I'm uh, about to start a lab of a musical called Chasing Rainbows, which is about yeah. um, Judy Garland, young Judy Garland, uh, which I'm very excited about. And then I'm off to St. Louis to do this um, this new production of Chorus Line. David Irene. Uh, we're it was so come from ways at the Schoenfeld, uh, and uh, we are also doing our second company. We just uh, we're just finishing casting it in Toronto. It's going to be in Winnipeg there, and then uh, there's going to be a national tour in the fall of 2018. And we are workshopping my mother's lesbian Jewish working wedding in Palo Alto at Theater Works. And, and I don't know the dates. It's in August. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all so much for being here. Um, we love Thanks. you very much. We love you, you guys. Um, give it up for Irene, Dave, Dennis, and Beowulf. Clap for each other. Friends, make sure you listen next week. We sit down with Broadway leading ladies Betsy Wolf, Jen Gambates, and Mamie Paris. Can't get enough of the Broadway cast? Well, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher Radio. And while you're at it, follow us on all social media platforms at the Broadway cast. And if listening just isn't enough for you, make sure you head over to Playbill.com where you can catch exclusive behind-the-scenes video footage only on Playbill.com.